Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new, original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. Hello, welcome to News Fighters for today. It's Thursday, August 15th, 2019. I'm your host, Dylan Bain. Welcome to the very first medicated episode of News Fighters. Apologies in advance to your ears as I'm fighting a sore throat. A jam-packed episode coming up later on. I interview comedian Gretely Jackson about the state of satire in Australia on the one-year anniversary of the axing of the show we both worked on together, tonightly with Tom Ballard. But first up, the tragic events that unfolded in Sydney on Tuesday. Tonight, terror comes to the heart of Sydney, a violent stabbing rampage. Yes, a horrible, tragic situation. We do not want to make light of the violence or the victims, especially while this is still being investigated. However, you really do have to hand it to the bystanders who restrained the attacker in this horrible event. He was taken down by brave bystanders following an alarming chase through city streets. Police have praised the heroism of a group of men who brought down a man with a knife following a stabbing in Sydney CBD. They used chairs and a milk crate to restrain him on the corner of Clarence and King Streets. And you've got to hand it to them for doing what all Aussies do in any stressful situation like this. They yell obscenities. Yeah, listening to all that swearing, I couldn't tell if they were yelling at a violent potential terrorist or they were just at a footy game. I mean, this is the kind of language I normally expect from The Bachelor. Disrespectful pig and dog seeing Tuesday. And despite there being very little information about the attacker, Alan Jones knows what's to blame. In our day, we went to the movies to watch Bing Crosby and Doris Day. Now you go to the movies to watch violence. Yes, no violence at all in Doris Day's most acclaimed movie, The Man Who Knew Too Much, a movie about political assassination. Alan Jones also has an issue with paintings these days for some reason. For hundreds of years, the great artists of the world imitated life. There was a paddock with cows grazing on it, and the great English artist Constable gloriously depicted that. Margaret Ollie, the remarkable Australian artist, and her bowls of fruit, art imitating life. Well, today, shooting and killing and stabbing and murdering 
are called film art. Yeah, Tarantino, put down the film camera and paint a bowl of fruit. It's what the world needs. And of course, being Sky News, it's all an excuse to take away our civil liberties. Nonetheless, it's the nature of free society that we can't arrest people on the presumption that they may be about to do harm. No one can be arrested on the presumption that in two hours' time, they might like to murder me. And thank God for that, or every viewer who saw the Q&A episode you were on would be in jail. Moving on, and the pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong aren't letting up. Clashes have intensified between police and protesters at Hong Kong airport, causing all flights to be cancelled for a second day. That has left thousands of travellers, including many Australians, stranded. Yes, and now let's check in with those Australians who are universally known for being patient and courteous while travelling abroad. I know they have their problems, but we need to get on and do our, our flights and our life. We're legally here, we're lawfully here. You're stopping us illegally. We've got the, the, no more money left, we're bugging. They're doing their protest in the wrong place. They're hurting innocent travellers like me, <coughs> the elderly, little babies. Elaine up there, they can't sleep, they can't get a feed. Yes, and the single worst part of being in a once-in-a-lifetime democracy protest is the fact you can't get a $30 airport hamburger. It's the worst. But it was this South African traveller who had the most blindly oblivious take. There's a good and a bad to both protesters and there's a good and a bad to police. And I just wish both sides would just stop. Like, I understand what they're fighting for and I appreciate what everybody's fighting for. But this is not what we're supposed to be like. We supposed to be fighting together, not against each other. Yeah, you guys, you should be fighting together, not against each other. I mean, she should know. She's from South Africa. We all remember what got rid of apartheid in South Africa. It was when the ANC and the governing National Party fought together, not against each other. And that's how Nelson Mandela became president. Okay, back home now, and the government's press freedom inquiry is on this week, and Australia's news media organisations are fronting up to speak out in favour of greater protections for journalists and whistleblowers. Often, powers are introduced under the guise of protecting national security, but in fact have a much broader operation. The culture aimed to gag the media and provide disincentives to us uncovering wrongs which merely embarrass or offend public officials. We may not be living in a police state, but we are living in a state of secrecy. Not a police state? This guy clearly hasn't been to an Aussie music festival in 20 years. Yes, but don't worry about freedom of the press, says Liberal MP Trent Zimmerman. What I'd say is that for me, press freedom uh, is pretty tantamount to a successful democracy. Uh, Obviously, journalists don't have a complete uh, blank check in terms of what they write, and we have defamation laws and laws that relate to court proceedings and also national security. Yeah, of course you've got a free press, except when you can't write about those things or we'll raid your house and throw you in jail. Yes, even everyday people are starting to feel alarmed about the increasing feeling of a lack of press freedom in Australia, like this viewer on Q&A. Can a country which has no Bill of Rights or Anti-Corruption Commission, where the federal police raid media offices and a journalist's home, and the government prosecutes whistleblowers, where public servants cannot even anonymously criticise government policy, where freedom of information requests are expensive, often delayed, denied or redacted, and with minimal parliamentary sitting days, be considered a modern liberal democracy Or would it be better described as an authoritarian state? Liberal Infrastructure Minister Alan Tudge responded by basically saying, 
How good's Australia? I would encourage her to speak to some people who have come from authoritarian states and escaped those places and come to Australia and been able to have all the freedom and prosperity that you get in Australia. Yeah, lady, we're better than most places. We give our imprisoned whistleblowers tax cuts. Yeah, anyways, that response from Alan Tudge reminded me of an answer I heard on Vladimir Putin's annual call-in TV show this year. It's kind of like Russia's answer to Q&A, but it's way better in that it's only on once a year. Anyway, someone Skyped in and asked Putin about his new fake news law, which basically makes disrespecting the state illegal. And he asked whether you could still be critical of the government and authorities online. So where is the border between criticism and, uh, and offensive speech? And Putin's response was this. The law does not refer to the criticism of power, no. The law is against any disrespect uh, of the symbols of states. Take European countries, take Germany, you would end up in jail for several years. Yeah, so Putin basically said, how good is Russia? We're not as bad as Germany. So maybe Australia needs to stop with the whataboutism when it comes to our completely unenshrined human rights. There'll always be countries with more freedom of the press than Australia, and there'll always be countries with less freedom of the press than Australia. But if we want to be a truly great democracy, we should be aiming to be the most transparent one there is. Otherwise, all our news from Fairfax to Four Corners is just going to sound like breakfast television. Today we're honouring the world's largest and most intelligent mammal on World Elephant Day. Of course, today is International Cat Day. A mum let her five-year-old son pick the groceries during their weekly shop. Residents of a town in China got quite a shock when a runaway ostrich suddenly appeared on their streets. To the debate on social media over how long to leave a tea bag in the cup. See, this is a very English topic as well. Okay, and that brings me up to my brand new fake unscripted segment, Between the Pods. So while we're talking about media freedoms and stuff, um, I used to work on the ABC comedy TV show Tonightly with Tom Ballard that got axed a year ago this week. Yeah, it was pretty much the only comedy TV show to face political interference from sitting members of parliament since... Bob Hawke crashed Con the Fruiterer's fruit shop on The Comedy Company. For those of you who don't remember, Tonightly was a controversial and often fearless nightly comedy show that wasn't afraid to ruffle feathers, point out hypocrisy and use the C-word. Prime Minister Scott Morrison wasn't a fan. Oh, look, the ABC can be numpties every now and then. And coincidentally, it's axing a year ago is also the main reason I'm doing this podcast. Gotta feed my wacky clips addiction somehow. So to reflect on its legacy and the state of satire in Australia since it's axing, and also to fill up half an episode really easily, I sat down with Tonightly correspondent Greta Lee Jackson backstage at Irrational Fear. Okay, I'm backstage at a wonderful Irrational Fear with Greta Lee Jackson and we're talking about... The, uh, it's a year this week since Tonightly was axed, oh, a show we it? both worked on. Yeah, since they announced the axing. I didn't realise that. Yes, yeah, so, uh, one year on, what, uh, how's your year been? What have you been up to since Tonightly finished? Um, I had six months off and, like, off full-time work. And two of those months were kind of rough. Like, I was really not doing much, and it was very confronting. Mm-hmm. I, I'm one of those really irritating type A persons that just has to go, 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 go. And when I'm not going all the time, um, it's just so, yeah, confronting, like I said. So I did a lot of soul searching in those <laughs> months and, like, read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, like a fucking typical type A. And... Um, learnt that I shouldn't associate what I do with who I am and link 
you know, your happiness to your career, all that sort of stuff. So that was really well, enlightening. Sounds for me. impossible. <laughs> sounds impossible for what we do. For what we do, for our industry. Incredibly, yeah, absolutely. but important. So I really tried to do that. And then now, you know, back on the trolley, working full time with, you know, uh, ex tonightly people. So, yeah, and I had a similar thing where the phone stopped ringing. And it makes you wonder what happened to satire in this country. Yeah. Did you, did you feel that? Do you feel like with the election and with tonight they're getting acts that satire's kind of dead now? I don't know. I don't know. Or, or, we... or the ABC is not, it feels like they're scared of holding the government to account. Yeah, maybe? yeah, yeah, possibly. And I did raise that on the project. Yes. I did say that. And I, of course that wasn't the reason, but I did make <laughs> it sound like that that was the reason. Well, well um, the, the narrative from the ABC has tried to be about ratings, but we actually rated very well with young people on social media and it has the ABC. Social media was great. I know, but it feels like maybe the ABC's turned its back on young people a little bit. I don't know. I just think there's a failure to embrace where television's going. Exactly. With, the, with, yep. with getting rid of Michelle Guthrie, who mm -hmm. really did understand digital, mm. she understood it completely, mm -hmm. but I, can, I know, like, if you're just a content creator at that base level at the ABC, mm. you come up against roadblock after roadblock after roadblock just to make your content. Oh, sorry, just trying to make some TV at the TV station. Imagine being the uh, yes. CEO yep. and trying to implement your digital strategy to bring the ABC up to speed with the Netflix age. And that was the, the catchphrase I joked around on the ABC, and I said it a lot because it felt true, is good thing we're not trying to make a television show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it was so... Fun, like I, I just... Well, it, it wouldn't lie, it did feel like they'd let the lunatics loose. Like we were allowed to do whatever we want, which was great. <laughs> um, more or less, yeah. yeah. By the end, yeah, we were sort of just set free. And, but it was just so fun. Like the, I think I wanted to do a supercut of the amount of times I've said, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> like you find yourself going, what are we doing? This is ridiculous, but so much fun. And I really didn't grieve properly. Because mm. it was the first time I was in a job that I really felt I could be myself. I could 100% be myself. And, mm. and, and this was the first time I felt completely 100% accepted and encouraged. And that just went. And it was like, yeah, devastating. Caused me physical health problems. Um, Favourite Tonightly Memories? Oh, there was just so many I loved. Oh, the one, the Deconstructed Cafe. So stupid. And really demanding. And we did that in a day. In a day. Like high-end cooking shots for a, 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 a sketch and shot cut. Well, written shot cut in a day. Incredible. It's crazy. And it's weird going back to other projects now where people will spend more time arguing over a three-minute sketch than you would spend making one. People will spend it's more time. Crazy. People yeah. will spend more time arguing over a two-second shot in a thirty-second yeah. ad. Yeah, you know, and I think tonightly yeah. we cut through the bullshit. We just no. we're just like we're going to make comedy yeah. today. Half we're walking at nine thirty. We got nothing at, at seven thirty that night. We'd have half an hour of comedy. It was ridiculous. Gonna make a fucking decision. Make a fucking decision. These wankers in advertising. Sorry, <laughs> but they're like, just make a fucking decision. Like, just make the thing and stop being so scared. That's what the, that's the state of Australian media. Everyone's so scared to take a risk. Yes. They're so scared yeah. to back the underdog, to put something out there that's risky. They just want to go safe. You know, it, 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 that's, that's the problem. It's diluted, safe, homogenized bullshit. 
All right, yeah. plug everything. I'll just go to my Facebook page. I recently passed 4,000 likes. There you that go. That was real fun. And you're, you're still doing your podcast? I'm still doing my podcast. Um, second season of Fail. My podcast is about failure. It's called Fail with Gretley Jackson on uh, Podcast One. That, that will be coming out in October. And yeah, I'm on the feed. And when I got an uh, online sketch comedy show coming out September, which is called Nice Shorts with some externally people. Thanks, Greta. Thanks, Dylan. Thank you. Okay, folks, that's it for News Fighters for this episode. It was presented and written by me, Dylan Bain, with thanks to my interviewee, Greta Lee Jackson. Anyways, we've got some exciting news on the horizon I can't talk about just yet, but stay subscribed, stay tuned, tell your friends, write us an iTunes review, and keep fighting, and bye for now. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. 